0: Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show. We bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Stea, and today we are here to talk about how to convert more cold calls into meetings. One of the biggest downfalls or shortfalls of cold calling is you end up losing the prospect as soon as they pick up the phone. I know we've all been there as sales professionals. Hello, who's this? It's a boom, done. So we want to make sure that none of that happens and you guys are all set up for success. So i love to know where are you guys tuning in from. We're usually worldwide. Go ahead and drop it in the chat. Make sure to switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button and switch it to everyone so we can see where you guys are posting. So I'm already seeing the chat here below up. It's great to see. I see... Saren is here from Dublin. Great to see you here. We have Maria from Charleston. Great to see you here, <laughs> Maria. <laughs> and of course, Daniel from San Francisco and Caitlin from Utah. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you here. And let's get right into it. So, who is our guest speaker here? We have Maria Bros. She is Director of Performance Consulting over at Revenue.io, and she is also one of the best sellers that you guys could follow. Uh, She has made over 75,000 cold calls in her history of selling and has been through the trenches of it all. Now, Maria, what can reps do to improve the quality of their cold calls?
0: Adrian, I'm blushing. You have to give me a second now. Now, um... I think the the one thing that you should take into consideration is to shift your mindset and, and maybe even the objective of your cold calling block to not be book a meeting. Now, maybe don't tell your manager I'm telling you this because I know they want you to book the meeting, um, but to shift it into the main objective of it being to see if it's relevant and to see if they're open-minded to new ideas. And if so, then book the meeting. But not every call, not every conversation that you, you have is going to be the best fit for uh for scheduling meeting
1: okay i love that this is so true you got to focus on the prospect the meeting should come second although that is what we're really after but there's ways to go about it and we're going to cover that and a lot more now before we dive in you guys got to check out our upcoming daily shows we do this daily yes daily So feel free to check us out out at sellbetter.xyz or scan the QR code here. You'll be able to grab tons of resources from over 100 top sales professionals all by scanning this QR code or visiting us on our website. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners, so a special shout out to Zoom Info. If you guys don't know what they're about, they're one of the best ways to find your prospects, Uh, information in terms of emails phone numbers whatever it may be you can find it on zoom info and of course our drop of the day we have a custom prospecting list that you guys can download for free and get those numbers and emails go ahead and check it out i'm gonna drop the link in the chat now on today's agenda what are we going to cover We're going to show you all how to identify the ready-to-buy prospects, techniques to keep the prospect engaged in your call, and lastly, the tactics to ensure your prospect attends your demo. And of course, I want to know who is in the room. This is going to help us tailor the conversation. I'm seeing a lot of SDRs. I'm going to ask Maria SDR-based questions, AEs, AE-based questions. Maybe we got some senior leadership in the room. I'll also be asking those questions. So let me know Who is in the room? Now, Maria, I'm already seeing here that we have tons of SDRs. About 57 to 58% is SDRs. Does this surprise you at all?
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, They're the ones making a lot of cold calls. Shout out to the AEs that are on this, though, because you've got to be prospecting just as hard as the SDRs. That's our team, Mark, too. So, cool.
1: Love to see it. Love to see it. So, let's get right into it. You want to start making a cold call, you got to make sure that the list you're reaching out to is correct and ready to buy. One of the best ways to do that is to build a call list based on sales triggers. Maria, can you give us more information on this?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you want to do in selecting accounts and contacts to reach out to when building your call list, you know, dependent on what sort of technologies that you all have, Um, whether it be intent or access to a data provider, it it really all depends, but triggers are going to be those things that indicate that this company or individual might be experiencing the challenges that your solution helps solve. Um, And what the trigger allows you to do is, is make really a um, uh, educated question in your cold call opener. So, um, you know, some of that might be that they're hiring, right? If you have, you sell a a solution that helps reduce ramp time, like my company does. uh, It could be the fact that they just got funding or anything that's observable and connecting it back to a challenge that you helped solve.
1: Okay. Now I'm sure there's a lot of people probably asking, okay, this sounds great. We got the trigger, but how can you set up the trigger effectively? What can you use?
0: Yeah. So I think in combination with ICP demographics. So you really want to be clear about who is the best fit for you to reach out to. Maybe you have named accounts and you're working on like an account based approach with your marketing and rev ops enablement team and sales leadership. That I think is ideal. That's what we do at Revenue together um, and see some great results that way. Um, but I think if you know if you maybe don't have that sort of support, uh, what you could do is is use in combination with ICP that. You know their demographics. What sort of industry sizes that you're targeting in combination with, like for example, in Sales Navigator, you can see folks that have just started a new role, let's say, or um, if a company is hiring, you can set up triggers for that way for that ramp time example that I gave. Um, but it's really all dependent on on those filters that are available, or you could build a a call list um, in in other places too. Maybe it's. Um, I know it's really so specific to your company and where you might find that research, but it's definitely a good idea to be able to map out what those different places are and, and putting that with a challenge that you all help solve.
1: Love that, yeah. love that. And I would love to hear from our audience, what is your favorite sales trigger to use? Go ahead and drop it in the chat as a sales navigator or using Google Alerts, or maybe you already have a software email list that tells you when a company gets funding. Let me know. Would love to see some of these and see where you guys are going for sales triggers. I'm already seeing the chat here blow up. So, a lot of people are using Sales Nav. Jason here says he uses Google Alerts and Term Sheet, which is pretty interesting. Very cool. So, a lot of these can come in handy. Even Ryan here is using Zoom Info, a great resource. You can never really go wrong with Zoom Info. So, love to see these. Now, Maria, the reason why you want this is so that when you call through, you know, just say you have a list of 50 people mm-hmm. and you call through, you can use the same trigger, right, in the conversation. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I think that it's worth organizing your contacts, whether you have a call in or sequences that you can use. But if you're able to to group those like characteristics, that like care those like triggers together, what you can do is use that in your opener as the relevant reason for being being, uh for contacting that person and so what that does is batching those like intros together um, in your calls really allows you to be super efficient going down your your list and then you don't have to compromise the quality for the volume of of call activity that's needed to get your your number
1: oh wow that's so true and I know we've all been there. Your manager is telling you you got to make 120 calls and you're thinking, how can I do this and be effective? This is one of the best ways to do it. Batch by the sales trigger. That way you can keep that personalized touch or relevant touch when you actually get them on the phone. Now, speaking on getting them on the phone, you got got them. Now, what do you say in your cold call opener? I want to know for my audience, are you guys confident in your opener when it comes to that cold call? When they pick up the phone, are you surprised? You're like, Holy cow, you actually answered? Or are you ready to go super confident or maybe just somewhat confident? Let me know, we'd love to hear it. Now, Maria, I know you have a great equation when it comes to your opener. You like to do a specific set of things. Can you tell me more about these three points that you use?
0: Yes, yeah. so um, really great to think through what your, your cold call flow looks like so that you can practice each little part a million times so you can sound very confident on the phone uh with with your prospects but this was really designed putting myself in the prospect's shoes and and thinking through all right they just picked up the phone from an unknown number what's going through their mind right now and it's really just who is this and why are they calling me so my opener is reflective of that is to get to the point as quickly as possible so introducing yourself hey maria brass with revenue I. Um, he, he, my dogs this is how they would respond in a cold call you could probably hear them in the <laughs> background uh the next piece of that is to acknowledge the interruption so again they're, they're like was this call scheduled do i know this person so i always like to just call that out and a lot of times that will prevent the objection of like hey i'm running into a meeting or i'm busy like what's going on like it just shows some self-awareness and empathy to just go into like hey i get my calls unexpected so i'll be brief um and then either ask for permission or get to the reason for the call. Um, so found that to be really, really helpful in reducing the number of objections that we get on cold calls that are just sort of like, um, you know, brush off type of objections that they're busy because you're already stating the objection before they do. Uh, third piece of that is the reason for the call. So um, again, it's really, really great to get to this point as quickly as possible and starting with the trigger. So you're going to take a, a trigger like notice, um, notice X, and so for an example of ramp time and noticing that someone is hiring, right? As my trigger, I might say, notice that, notice that y'all are hiring, and and then we I use this as a kind of like two parts of a sentence. The the next part of that is a question around a frustrating scenario. So Michelle Hayes in the room, she'll know a lot about this. We've had conversation about it in the past, but. My team has adopted this frustrating scenario as part of our opener, where um, instead of just saying, we help solve inefficiencies, we, you know, help you produce more pipeline and more revenue, like all great things, right, but not very specific. Um, So what we can do around this ramp time thing, which we help with, is um, sort of like setting the stage. And what that does, it shows some credibility and that you get their world and it's not as direct as like asking for a very specific problem when they don't know who the heck you are. Um, so we'll say, for example, hey, you notice that you're growing your team, super exciting. And because you are wondering if you've ever been in the scenario where you've just onboarded a group of new reps and all of a sudden you've given them this great information, you listen to their calls and realize, oh, wow, nothing has even stuck on the phone um, because we solve a problem around the forgetting problem. Uh, because. Reps are are um, given so much information and onboarding that only 87% is proven to stick. So anyways, that is our long-winded opener and the reasoning behind it. Uh, if that is helpful, I've posted like the whole call framework in my LinkedIn profile. If any of you um, want to take a look at it?
1: Fantastic. Now, I love the way that you're phrasing the problem. Also, you're including the fact that you're interrupting their day. Because I see Mike here says, how do you phrase the interruption? Well, you basically mm-hmm. just stated hey i know you were not expecting a call right now but and then that's where you gateway right into the point out about the trigger into a scenario that they're facing that's really a pain point for them so it's going to trigger something even within themselves (laughs) that makes them want to continue speaking with you so this is great now to be cognizant of time i wanted to cover something that had to do with the best cold callers and Maria, you were telling me in the pre-call that your data is telling you that they're talking 60% of the time and listening 40% of the time. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. When I've written a report of cold calls that have booked meeting, this has been the average ratio of talk to listen time. And so if you look at other data sources of our competitors that I will not name, um, they'll tell you something differently, but that, I think that data comes from all sales calls. and. Um, so discovery call demo very very different than a cold call right that will the cold call i think is the inverse of the top, ideal talk ratio for uh discovery calls and demos right this is not a discovery call they are not expecting your your call they're maybe they're happy to listening to you driving their son to preschool or you know looking at the tv or maybe even a, in a meeting that they just ran outside of because they picked up the phone and they thought you're their doctor whatever it is um it's important to just get to the point see if it's relevant see if they're open-minded and learning new ways of approaching x and um and if so book the meeting right we don't want to talk them out of a, a meeting because we found too um the longer up until a point longer to call those like six seven minute calls A lot of times they'll just be like, hey, can you, this sounds interesting, but can you send me an email about this? And they'll miss their chance. And if they would have just asked a little bit earlier, they probably could have booked the meeting.
1: Love that. That's a very uh, big point out there. Uh, Sometimes you really just got to ask and get right to the point. You know, you can't, you can't just be all listening and then waiting for your moment to strike because sometimes it won't come along and they will be, hey, I got to go and then click done, conversation done. You didn't even get to state what you were really there for in the first place. So I want to hear from our audience, put in the chat, what percentage of the time are you guys talking on cold calls? You feel like you're talking 90% of the time? I know I've been there. I feel like I just have word vomit. I'm just <laughs> trying to get through it. Or are you only talking like 10% of the time and you're listening a lot? Some people are really good active listeners and use that to their advantage. So let me know. We'd love to see it. I'm already seeing some here. Ali's talking 75% of the time. Jeremy says he's talking two to one ratio there of listening, of talking to listening. So I'm seeing a lot of good numbers here, guys. This is great to see. And I feel like it goes well with what we asked earlier about how confident people are with their, with their opener. Cause there's about 68% says they're somewhat confident. So when you come off that, that confidence, you're kind of in the flow state. You're ready to take over the conversations. So it's great to see. Now, Mary, you mentioned something very important earlier, and I want to restate it because I feel like it's incredibly impactful. Cold calling is not a discovery call, right? You mentioned this in the pre-call as well. Cold calling should not be a discovery call. What are the differences between the two?
0: Yeah. Um, I think just knowing that this call, it again, it's unexpected. That's kind of a theme of this conversation today call is unexpected it's not on their calendar they might think it's their doctor or their kids school or it, it, so just know that going into and i think that's helpful also they don't know you especially if you're calling like a um an industry with like a lot of like hipaa compliance or like just other like more secure type of industry they're not going to answer you haven't earned the right to ask them these discovery call questions yet and they might not know that these discovery call questions are even relevant to them it might not be worth the time explaining to you um so i think the goal needs to find out is this relevant you get one question right and then maybe a follow-up question after that and i think as soon as you find hey this would be a good use of this person's time to continue this conversation because they said x or they admitted to y then pitch the meeting right then and there because um you've got what you need you hit the objective of the call you found out that it's relevant and hopefully they're open-minded you're about to find that out when you pitch the meeting.
1: Okay. This is great. And I think the big line to draw here is a cold call typically lasts between three to five minutes, if that, right? So you got to figure out what you can do to be most impactful in those three to five minutes, as opposed to a discovery call. Although discovery does happen throughout the entire journey of sales, a discovery call, sometimes you're setting up those next steps where you can ask those, those deeper questions. That's a longer call, right? <laughs> yeah. So. When you're setting up next steps, Marie, I know you had a great agenda um, that you wanted to share with us here today. So walk me through this. How do you get to this point and actually state that this will be included in the meeting?
0: Yeah. Uh, you mean when I'm pitching the the call? You're pitching
1: the meeting. Yes. Yes. To lead into Okay. This.
0: Yeah. So... So I think so much of if the prospect shows up to the meeting is dependent on how you're pitching those next steps, right? Will it be a good use of their time? So a lot of call, I am saying probably most calls that I listen to um, at, at other companies will be like asking for the meeting to learn more about how we help, what we do. And they pitch the meeting regardless of whether or not the person admitted to being in this frustrating scenario that you can help solve, right? So, um, so we want to pitch it as a good use of their time. We know that less than 3% of your process are in market looking for a solution. So the way that we pitch this ne- next step needs to be like focused on what's in it for them to show up. And it's it not learning about their, your company or your tools. Very, very focused about them and learning new ways of approaching the, you know, the problem or what they agreed that they had. Um, so whenever you can go back and say, because you said this, I guarantee you'd be good use of their time to continue this conversation. I told you I'd only be a few minutes here and I want to honor my word. Um, would you be open-minded to a conversation about what my clients are doing differently to address XYZ problem? Um, and I, I found that that is really helpful because it's focused on them. It's not focused on you and it's worth their time, even if they're not exploring uh, solutions to to the problem, or they're not actively in an evaluation. So, um, if hopefully they agree to that um you can if it doesn't sound like they're, if they're not driving and if they're not um uh, sounding super rushed about to go into another meeting ask for them to stay on the line for while you send your calendar invite and um and accept it right because there's like blah. i just read a post from from him um about about sending it while you're on the phone, getting them to accept because there's psychology there. People don't want to like not keep their word. So if you're able to get them in the moment there to accept, then that's a win. They're way more likely to show up. Another uh, thing too is have your calendar up. Make it easy for them to say yes. So make sure you know what time zone you're calling in and ask them for a time that's in their own time zones. So they're not having to do some math in their head um and calculations that way on the phone with you make it easy for them uh and then try to to pick a time that's within 48 hours suggest a time then and they might push back and be like oh no i can't meet till next week or whatever then then that's fine but make that first uh that first suggestion within 48 hours i found that to be really helpful um and then yeah the agenda too because they're like especially if it's booked far in advance you know, maybe even a week in advance, two weeks in advance, they're like, I don't remember this, this conversation. Like, what is this even about? Is this worth my time? There's always going to be those people that don't show up because things pop up with life, right? But they're, um, but they're also going to be like, is this going to be a good 30 minute? Is, is this 30 minutes going to be a good use of my time? Uh, and so what is really helpful for that is just having agendas such as this, to help them like jump their memory of the conversation and then also know what to expect going into the conversation.
1: Love it. And, and this is a uh, very impactful. You mentioned you want them to accept it while they're on the phone. I mm-hmm. think that is such a powerful tool to use while they're on the phone guarantees that it's going to be on their calendar. And they're going to remember that they had a conversation with you in the first place. Now, I'm seeing here that in the agenda, you like to put new idea to address. So basically r- referencing that challenge that they had based on relevant clients. So uh, when you say relevant client, what did you mean by that?
0: Yeah. So if you all have, I would tee up a success story, uh, of a real human that y'all have worked with that have seen results from addressing this problem in, in a certain way, right? So Tee up that conversation and um, this is just helpful because it, it makes your buyer the hero of the converse or your customer the hero of the conversation versus you as the the vendor swooping in to help um, And I think they're they're way more likely the Josh Brown thing to to get pique their curiosity through um, what their peers are doing differently. That, that's been really really um, a game changer for me.
1: Fantastic. And and the way that you're relating it to someone who has already seen success makes Mm -hmm. it way more credible in your prospect's eyes. So this is great to hear and definitely a useful tool to everyone. So be sure, I'm going to bring this up one last time because we've got to move on, but be sure to screenshot this because this is a great resource for what you should put in your agenda. And you want to include this.
0: I want to note too this name of the uh discussion on problem with prospect at my company. I did not think of that heading. That is Bilal. Um he had given me that suggestion when I had asked him about that. So just didn't want to take credit for that. That name of the title.
1: Well, special shout out to Bilal. Definitely check out his content as well. But this is very powerful and I think extremely useful. So one oh. thing you like to use as well is the use of texting. Now mm-hmm. How do you incorporate that? Do you ask for permission to text them beforehand? What does that look
0: like? I don't ask for permission. <laughs> I,
1: it's better I'm
0: not... And <laughs> this is only... I only advise texting if you have... You've had a conversation, a positive conversation. You've got a meeting schedule or you're in an active opportunity with them. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's the right thing, but that's, I've not gotten a bad uh, bad text back on that. Anyway, okay. but um yeah, the morning of a scheduled meeting or even like an afternoon the evening before, I'll usually send them a text. And the um the text really helps with this because you're not um you're not confirming that they're gonna show up. They're not saying, Hey, remember this, this meeting with me tomorrow. Um the goal of this is to really it's well it's to remind them, but it's um it's to show like, ooh, we're excited, we've done our homework already. So it just paints a picture of this individual is going to make this a good use of my time. They're already prepared. They're excited. You're not saying thank you so much for meeting with me tomorrow. Like we're, you know, no, It's you're excited. Um, you, you're prepared. You're giving them a reminder with this time piece. And then I always think it's fun to send like a gift card for coffee, uh, to get you just as fired up as I am. And I, I think that goes, that's authentic to me. I wouldn't say use that if, if, you know, that's not your style, make it your own. But I think that's been really helpful. Um, and that little gift is is not a, like a bribe. It's just sort of an incentive of like, oh, wow, this is a, a thoughtful little touch that this person can make um, and getting me nice and caffeinated for this meeting.
1: That is a good way of telling everyone, hey, I'm still thinking about you and I haven't forgotten about our meeting. So get ready for it. So yeah. it really keeps the top of mind. Now I want to hear from our audience, put a one in the chat if you guys have used text, when it comes to a scheduled meeting as a reminder and put it to, if you haven't, but you're considering exploring it now because you know, when I first heard about this idea, it changed my, my viewpoint on the ways you can get in contact with your prospects. So definitely think about this. I'm seeing so many twos in the chat. So guys this is underutilized. Definitely check it out. Test now it out. <laughs> You have know, one right? other text here uh, that you like to use. And it's if they didn't accept your, your calendar invitation. So guys, these are different. This is if they did accept, now this is if they didn't. Why is this different?
0: So this is different because it is inviting the objection. It's inviting like them to say, oh no, Or you're giving them an out, which I think is really, really helpful, right? It's so different than what they're used to experiencing with salespeople. Because most salespeople are just trying to get the meeting, trying to get the meeting. This is really, really focused on like that quality of conversation, right? You're not pushing them in another direction. So they're likely to respond, at least in my experience. So still deciding if today's meeting at blank time would be a good use of time. Uh added a proposed agenda on our short connection and um or based on our short connection and more research, do a guilt free coffee on me regardless of what you decide. And this is just kind of like here's a coffee, like whatever you decide, no big deal, but you know, just kind of let me know. And so usually uh, If they get this text message, they'll be like, oh, wow, something popped up. Can I reschedule? Or maybe you will get an objection of, you know, I'm actually not the right person to be having this with. Or you'll at least it will invite those objections so that you can actively address them versus getting ghosted altogether.
1: Okay. And what if you get that last minute objection to the demo? Because I've been there. You think everything's all good. And then all of a sudden, bam, they hit you with an objection that comes out of the blue. What do you like to do?
0: I think the goal of objections, uh, and again, this is not not what I, I think this is what, uh, I think this is Josh Brown too. I don't want to, I just hate the idea I'm taking credit for other people's ideas, but I've learned that it's best to like with objections, we want to get them out in the open. And the goal of it is to get to truth, right? It's not to overcome comment. It, it's to like get to truth, to better understand it so that we can like make a suggestion. So with these last minute objections we really just want to be clear on what it is, is it brushing you off or is this something that's real like oh actually I, now i have a doctor's appointment and i can't attend we need to reschedule cool like don't push back on that just reschedule the demo but maybe it's hey um i'm actually really busy can you can we reschedule for next quarter or next year and then that sort of can you want to like agree and be like okay absolutely but like do you mind me asking and have like a, a follow-up question to ask to really dig deeper into that um, and and see, you know, if you want to honor that and really reschedule, not schedule it at all. If they're just trying to be kind and, and you're going to be playing out the endless follow-up game um, or or what, right? So, I think that just the goal from that is, is to figure out what the truth is and going from there. Okay,
1: great. Now, I'm seeing here that we're running with one minute left of time. So, Maria, where can the people find you?
0: Find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. I'll have conversations with other sellers and uh, learning from you all. And yeah, I appreciate the conversation so much, Adrian.
1: Of course, of course. And thank you to everyone who engaged in the chat. If we couldn't get your, to your question here at the end of the Q&A because we are short on time, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll make sure to answer it for you. Thank you to everyone. Be sure to fill out the end of show survey. And of course, we will catch you all on the next one. See you later.